and uh, we've been going through this series about teach us to pray. And tonight we're going to continue that. And you know, every week it's always interesting where the Lord leads me when it comes to what to speak on and what to preach about. And uh, there's been some things that I've just been milling around in my heart. We were going through discipleship the other night with uh, Greg and Janeth and just discussing some things and everything just seemed like it was coming together. And I found myself here in this passage that many times I use uh, for what we call uh, baby dedications or child dedications uh, to the Lord. And so God led me to this portion tonight, really uh, going along with this thought because uh, there's a woman in this chapter by the name of Hannah and you'll see in the passage tonight that really chapter 1, 1 Samuel, deals with Hannah's prayer to the Lord. And I think it's a great opportunity for us to see how this applies. Now again, I'm going to try to do justice to the Word of God tonight. I'm not going to change the Word of God, but I am going to make an application when it comes to this matter of prayer about we need to be praying people and the importance that we can see the significance here. So look in 1 Samuel chapter number uh, 1, and the Bible says here in verse number 1 that there was a certain man of uh, uh, Ramath Isophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of, jo uh, of, of Jeroam, the son of Elihu, the son of uh, Tohu, the son of Zuth, and the, the uh, Araphthite. Boy, aren't you glad you don't have names like that, right? And it's, so it says here in verse number two that he had two wives. I, I thought I was busy with one. He had two. But the Bible says he had two wives. And it says here the name of the one was Hannah and the name of the other was uh, uh, Penaniah. And it says that, that uh, Penaniah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Peniah his wife and all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb and her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret before the Lord uh, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. So again, you can see there's much more to the passage here. We'll pick it up. But uh, you find here in this portion of scripture that certainly with this woman named Hannah, that she was a woman, like many of us, that had a burden. And in her life, uh, we see in this chapter, and we'll see tonight, that the burden in her life actually was turned by God into a blessing. And I always love the fact that many times we see people with burdens, but like even Robert sharing this testimony about what was going on, the two boys that uh, the one took his life and the, and the other lady, uh, Joanne, lost her son, and how that here's this man witnessing to her about the Lord, you can always see many times a burden turned into a blessing. Uh, we've got to get beyond the place where, it, you know, because the Bible says that the things of God are not grievous to us. They're not too heavy for us, for us to bear. The Lord can strengthen us and help us. I was reading uh, uh, an account of this in the 16th century 
Uh, you may have heard of the name John Knox, but John Knox was used by the Lord to bring many people to faith in Jesus in the country of Scotland. And uh, those days that John Knox uh, lived and labored for the Lord, they were hard days for the true church, talking about real Bible Christianity. It was the time when Bloody Mary was persecuting true believers in the name of the Roman Catholic Church. Many hundreds uh, at this time were burned at the stake for the faith that they had in Christ. And right in the midst of all of that was uh, this man by the name of John Knox. And this man, he stood out as a beacon of faith. He encouraged many because of his zeal for the Lord Jesus Christ. At one point in the midst of all that burden and all that turmoil, here's what John Knox prayed in the garden outside of his church in Edinburgh. He was heard to pray this, Great God, give me Scotland or I die. He prayed, Give me Scotland or I die. Now I'm going to tell you, if you study the writings and the history behind John Knox, John Knox wasn't interested in some land in Scotland. He was talking about the people of Scotland. He was saying, Lord, I want to see more people come to know you. His burden was so great for these people, his people, that according to this, he would rather uh, have died for them than to see them go to a place called hell. John Knox had that much of a burden for people. And tonight, I, I just, Lord led me to this passage dealing with Hannah, because just like John Knox and so many others, Hannah had a real burden in her life. She had a similar burden. Now, Hannah in this passage wasn't interested in the souls of men and women. The truth is, Hannah was interested in having a baby, having a child. But what I find is, is that her story is something that I believe can apply to the church today. And that is that you and I, as God's people, as the true church, just like John Knox prayed, we should be interested in the souls of men and women. In other words, spiritual babies. Because the Bible says that when a person is saved, it says that, that we're a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. The Bible says that we desire the sincere milk of the Word of God. That we are babes in Christ. Now, folks, listen. I don't know where you are in your Christian life, but hopefully you're not still sucking on the bottle. Now, the milk is good. I enjoy a, a good glass of cold milk, but I'm going to tell you there's a lot of meat in the Word of God. And if we're going to be able to help people, and this is what we were discussing as we were discipling, is we have, to, we have to get in the Word of God, we have to know the Word of God, and we have to be able to share the Word of God with other people. And this is something that is very important to us. Look, just like Hannah, the Lord in Hannah's life seems somehow to shut the womb of Hannah. Now, we'll talk about that in just a minute, but again, the Bible is clear. Now, Penaniah, she had children. The Bible mentioned that his other wife, she had children, but Hannah didn't have a child. God had chose to shut the womb of Hannah, and I see a lot of times in churches, and honestly, sometimes even in our church, where it just seems like that God has shut the womb, so to speak, that we're not seeing babies being born, we're not seeing people being saved in our churches today. And I think it's so important that we address this issue because just like Hannah's burden tonight, I want you to think about the church 
and how you and I need to be people that are praying to God that God would that we would see more people come to know Christ as their Savior. I'm convinced that prayer changes everything. It really does. Look what the Bible says in Psalm 55, 22. When you think about this matter of a burden, here's what the Bible says. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. What a great verse tonight is, listen folks, sometimes we think, well, I, I've got so much going on in my, in my life. I've got so much that I'm dealing with in my life. Uh, listen, I don't know if I, if I can add another burden. Listen, folks, I'm going to tell you tonight, that is the, the, the number one priority of our lives is to be a faithful witness for the Lord. God saved us by the grace of God, and he's left us here so that you and I could be a witness for the Lord. But listen, we're not going to do that if we don't have a burden. See, it all started in Hannah's life, and I want you to see tonight, first of all, that she was barren. She was barren. So we find here, the Bible says in verse number two, that again, the Bible records that he had two wives, but it says Hannah had no children. She was without children. In verse number five, the Bible says uh, that, that, that uh, Hannah, he gave a worthy portion unto her, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. In verse number six, it says again, because the Lord had shut up her womb. Hannah was barren. She had no children. Now, sometimes we ask that question, why? Why would God do this? Why would God shut up the womb of a woman that desired to have children. Well, look, I can tell you some of the reasons it was not because of Elkanah, because according to the Bible, he had children. It wasn't because of their relationship, because the Bible says he loved her. He gave her a worthy portion. This wasn't like he was not having anything to do with her. I also see that it was not her health, because she was young enough. Of course, she ended up eventually having a son. It wasn't like she was feeble, not able to have children. But listen, Hannah was barren because God, and this is where we've got to understand this, God, for his own reasons, had closed her womb. Now, who are we to question God? Uh, sometimes, look, folks, I'd love to see people saved here every week at our church. And when sometimes when people don't walk the aisles and we don't see people saved, I know this, that, that, that there's a reason. It's God's purpose and, and look, I don't question that, but I'd love to see, uh, aren't you glad when somebody walks the aisle and puts their faith and trust in Christ? It's always a joy. It doesn't matter how young or how old they are. But again, sometimes you see this barrenness, just like we saw see here in chapter 1 in Hannah's life. See, it seemed that the Lord had closed the womb of Hannah. And sometimes you even see that in churches where you don't see people saved. But listen, the one thing that I know is that we here at our church have everything that we need to see souls being saved, but there are no babies being born here. Look, I'd love to see uh, uh, families with babies because you know what a, a baby does? It brings life. Now, along with those babies, though, the reason why people don't like to see people saved sometimes is because you know what a baby means? Changing diapers burping them, feeding them, teaching them how to walk, helping them up, 
All of those things are the responsibility of the church. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. A, a, a mother doesn't sit around and think about all the negatives. She thinks about how she wants to have children. And that ought to be the desire of all of us is, I'd like to see more people come to know Christ as their Savior. See, there's a lot of barrenness. Look, we have here at our church, just like the Word of God teaches, we have preaching, we have teaching of the Word of God, we have singing to encourage and, and to edify, we have worship going on. Listen, the, all those things are there, but there seems to be sometimes no drawing or no convicting power in the church. Now look, the convicting power is God's. I understand that. It's absolutely necessary to have God's Holy Spirit conviction in order to see people saved. Look what the Bible says in John 6. No man can come to me, Jesus said, except the Father which hath sent me draw him. You know what that means? We can't save people. I can't save someone. I can't even preach a message and somebody would get saved because of that. It is God that draws them. The verse there in verse 65, he said, Therefore I said unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. So here's what we see is that Hannah was barren. The womb was closed. There was no birth taking place. So why is the church barren today? Why are souls not being saved today? The disciples said, Lord, are there few that be saved? The Bible says, Jeremiah in the Old Testament, here's what he said, listen to these words. The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. Now, you know, another one of the prophets in the Old Testament, here's what he said. The seed is still in the barn. Now, we know that the Bible teaches that the Word of God is the seed. And what good is seed if it's sitting in the barn? It needs to get to the field, and it needs to be planted so that people can be saved and that we can see a harvest. Are you guys with me tonight? You understanding here? Look, this is nothing different. The application is there that Hannah, she was without child. She desired more than anything that she would have a child. Matter of fact, she was very specific. She wanted a man-child. She was very specific. And listen, there's nothing wrong with being specific and asking God that we would see people. Look, I know tonight that we can't manufacture. I know that God is sovereign in the matters of salvation, but even Jonah, the one that went from the presence of the Lord and he tried to flee from God, Jonah said in Jonah 2.9 that salvation is of the Lord. Jonah said the only way people can get saved is if the Lord saves them. You know, Brother Greg, we were having a good discussion, and, and uh, Brother Greg said he, he, we were talking about, and he mentioned people that are Calvinistic, who only believe that certain people will be saved. What a damnable heresy that is. God is not willing that any would perish but that all would come to repentance. And, and folks, listen, there are people out there that need someone to go to them, and you and I, look, we can't keep someone from going to hell, but again, God is not willing that any would perish. And I want you to see the verse. Now, a lot of times we get into John chapter 3, and we get to verse 16, and we just kind of stop there. But can you look at your notes there tonight? Can you look at verse 18? The Bible says, He that believeth on me is not condemned, 
But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So folks, listen, as his church, Bible Baptist Church, as his people tonight, you and I as a church, God's church, we can create an environment where it is more likely that God will move on the hearts of people and we could do that through the Word of God, the teaching and the preaching, that you and I would be right with God, that we would be a holy people, that we would be excited about the things of God, that we would be worshiping the Lord, that we would be loving other people. Listen, that you and I would be close to God and that you and I would be close to one another. I love our church and, and people come in here and they're like, I didn't know there was a church was like this anywhere, you know? They go to so many churches where it's just like a, a concert or, or you go in and people don't even know you're there when you go to church. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Hannah was so excited about this, but in her heart, because of the barrenness, she was struggling. She wanted a child more than anything else. So notice, as she was barren, number two, you see the burden. She was burdened. Hannah was burdened. The Bible says in verse number six, look at it. It says, and her adversary, look at that word there. Her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb and as he did so year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord so she provoked her therefore she wept and did not eat then said uh, Elkanah her husband to her Hannah why weepest thou and why eatest thou not and why is thy heart grieved am not I better to thee than ten sons now think about this here she is she, she's in this home, and there is the husband, Elkanah, and then there's Hannah, and then there's Peninnah. And all three of them are there, of course, uh, the children that, that he has with his other wife. But this is a home where there is trouble that is present. That This Peninnah, she was mocking Hannah. She was causing her to have anger and pain as a result of of, of what was going on between her and how she wasn't having any children. But listen, Peninnah had children. And it was, it was really getting to the heart of Hannah. And it was bothering her. By the way, listen, the, the Bible tells us we don't have a Peninnah in our lives, but we have an adversary. The Bible says he's as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. There's an adversary out there. Listen, you, you want to try a spiritual exercise just try to witness to somebody or try to come and go on our soul winning outreach on Saturdays or Tuesdays. The devil will fight you to you know, convince you that you don't need to come. And so many times we see just like Hannah, how that, he, that she was provoking Hannah. The Bible says in verse 6, she provoked her sore. She made her to fret. Both of those phrases there, they carry the idea of pushing someone to the point of anger. That's what she was doing to her. She was just pushing her buttons. The Bible says there that she made her to fret. The word fret means to a point of rage. That's how angry Peninnah was making Hannah as a result that she had children and Hannah didn't have any, that Hannah was barren. See, these problems began to break her heart. And as a result of this, she wept. And the Bible says she refused to eat. Hey, when's the last time something bothered you that bad that you, listen, you had no appetite? 
how about this? When's the last time you thought about the fact that there are people out there that don't know the Lord? And it's so important that you and I get to them before it's eternally too late. The Bible says that it broke her heart and she refused to eat. Her heart was grieved in verse number 8. And again, this talks about the anger that she had against Peninnah. But I think also that, that she, she may have, even in her heart, become angry towards God. You know, that's what happens sometimes when there's a barrenness, when there's no openness, is we tend to start to blame others. And really, many times, people begin to blame God when things aren't happening. Folks, I'm going to tell you, this situation is so much like we see in churches today is, is the anger that was there, how she was angry, and she was burdened because she was childless. Hey, listen, Peninnah didn't care about, about Hannah. She already had children. Elkanah, he didn't care about the situation. Now, he loved her. He gave her a worthy portion, but the truth was he had children, whether Hannah had children or not. And, and a lot of times, that's what I find is when, when it comes to this matter of people being saved, sometimes I wonder, even I, as a Christian, do we even care if people are being saved? Do we even care that people are going to a Christless eternity? Do we even care that if they don't trust Christ before they step out into eternity, they will never have an opportunity after that point? You see, there was, there was again, no care, no concern, and Hannah was heartbroken. And here's the thought is, as she was so heartbroken, it showed. Remember what Elkanah said to her? Hannah, what's the matter? Why, why are you like this? Why aren't you eating? You know, and again, we, we, we do a good job sometimes of masking things because we don't want somebody to see what we're thinking or how we're feeling. But she was so distraught because she wasn't seeing any uh, children. She wasn't seeing any births. That, that she was heartbroken to the point that it showed. And this is the kind of burden that I really believe that every true church needs to have for the lost. Is we need to care when there's no one being saved. We have to pray. And look, a lot of times we'll sit around and we'll pray about it. We'll talk about the lost. And it seems like many times we have no deep uh, burden for those that are perishing, those that are going out in the world. I think about Paul. The Apostle Paul, what an amazing man that he was, how God saved him. But one of the things that really, every time I read it, Paul had such a burden to see people saved. Matter of fact, his burden was for his people. Now, Paul shared the gospel with everyone, Jew or Gentile. But the Bible says in Romans 9, as he wrote there, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have a great heaviness and a continual sorrow in my heart. Now listen to these words. For if I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Now that word accursed, it's actually the word anathema. It means that I would rather be separated from Christ so that my people could come to know him if that would make it possible. That's how much Paul, now listen, does that sound like Hannah? Hannah wanted a child more than anything in this world. And Paul says, listen, I'd love to see my people get saved more than anything in this world. And where are we today? 
Are we willing to do anything to see people come to know Christ as their Savior? Hey, I just read some letters from our missionaries, and that's their heart's desire in Belize and all these other countries to see people come to know Christ as their Savior. Romans 10.1, Paul writes there, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is this, that they might be saved. That's his prayer, that they would be saved. Look, how long has it been since you or I carried a burden for a lost soul? When's the last time, like the missionary I just read, that we fasted or we've lost some sleep and we've sought the Lord for their salvation. How long has it been since the thought of souls that are perishing and going to a Christless eternity brought us to our knees to where we would uh, actually go out and want to tell somebody about Jesus? Look, you know what you and I need? We need the same thing that Hannah had. We need a burden. That's what we need in our lives. If, if we're going to see people saved, we've got to say, Lord, give me a burden for the lost. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. You will never regret being a witness and seeing people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know, Brother Gus had shared a testimony. Praise the Lord. He was willing to talk to that man in the government building. But honestly, sometimes I'm like you, Brother Gus. Sometimes you almost feel like, I can't believe they got saved. But folks, can I tell you, it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with God. But God's looking for a vessel that he can use. And here I see that she was barren and she was burdened. But look at number three, she was broken. She was broken. The Bible records in verse number 10, look at this, that she had a bitterness of soul. That speaks about the pain that she had from a broken heart. In verse 16, she mentions that her complaint, she began to pour out her complaint. That refers to the trouble, the grief that she had in her life. It was an irritation to her it was something that created anger. But look in verse number 11, what it says here. She vowed a vow, and she said, now look at this prayer. O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid. I'm heartbroken. I'm barren. But listen, if you'd look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Now, in the midst of this broken condition, here's what she does. She makes a vow. She makes a promise. She makes a commitment to God. She says, Lord, I want to vow something to you. Listen, that's how bad she wanted a child. She says, I, I will give him back to you. And you study the word of God. That's exactly what she did. But the reason she would pray, listen now, the reason she would pray a prayer like this is because she, listen, she had done everything she could, and by this time she had come to the end of herself. She had come to the end of herself. There was nothing more that she could do. Hey, folks, that's what happens is when we come to the end of ourselves, we realize that where we need to be is we need to come to God. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. And what she found was she found herself broken before the Lord. What was she doing? She was pouring her heart out. She was confessing her inability. But listen, here's the key. 
she was casting herself on the Lord's ability. In other words, God, I can't, but you can. <laughs> and I, I, listen, I've prayed that many times when I've gone out into our streets here. Lord, I can't do this, but you can through me. I can't, I can't make somebody be saved. I can, I can grab their arm and twist it behind their back and hold it there until they pray some prayer, but they won't mean it. But God, I'm going to tell you, I need your help. I need your power. I need the Holy Spirit. If we're ever going to see the Lord move in great power in these days, we're going to have to come to the very same place that Hannah came to. We've got to come to a place of brokenness. We've got to be broken about people not being saved. We've got to realize that, that nothing we can do will ever save a soul. We have to do the same thing Hannah did. We have to confess to God our inability and we have to rely on his ability, on the power of God. See, we're going to have to do like Hannah and bow before the Lord. And you know what Hannah did? She trusted in God's power alone to get the job done. If we're ever going to see souls saved in these barren days, we too have to humble ourselves before God. Humble ourselves. We have to reach out for his power, recognize our own impotence. We must be broken before the Lord. Look what Tozer said. The reason why so many are still troubled, still seeking, still making little progress is because they haven't yet come to the end of themselves. They're still trying to give orders and interfering with God's work within us. See, we have to be like Hannah. We've got to come to the place where we want to see a birth in our lives. Can you imagine what the work of God across this nation and around this world would be like if this year, 2018, every Christian led one person to Christ? All those births. Imagine what the impact of that would be on our world. But folks, listen, I've known a lot of Christians, and I'm not putting anybody down tonight. I'm not even trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just sharing the passage tonight to help you understand the need of the hour. But listen, I've known a lot of Christians who lived their entire life but never led one soul to Christ. I'm ashamed many times that I haven't led more. And I understand that it's God that actually is the one that saves a soul. But folks, if we're not out, if we're not carrying gospel track, if we're not witnessing, folks, we're not going to see people saved. You have to understand this is the heart of God. Because look, God, God can take something that is barren and God can take something that is broken. But look what God can do. Number four is God can bless that person. And that's what he did in Hannah's life. Hannah was blessed. If you read the context, you find that Hannah, as we just read it, she called on God. She poured out her heart in her brokenness. And you know what happened? God heard her. You know, you ask God for a burden, you know what? He'll give you one. You ask God to lead you to somebody that you can lead to him, and that's exactly what he'll do. He'll lead you to that person that, that needs to know Christ. God heard her prayer, and what did God do? He answered her prayer. He gave her not only a baby, he gave her a boy. He gave her exactly what she prayed for. And the Bible says, look at verse 17. It says, Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Boy, it sounds to me like everything changed. 
Sounds to me like she's got an appetite now. Sounds to me like uh, everything about her whole disposition changed. Why? Because God began to bless her. She took the words of Eli to heart, and you know what she did? She believed God. Uh, God gave her a son back. Look in the last verse of this chapter. Look what it says in verse 28. Therefore also have I lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Now that's talking about her son, Samuel, right? Now think about this. How many times do we make promises to God, and God gives us, he grants that request, he blesses our lives, and then when it's our time to fulfill our portion of that vow that we made to God, we renege on it. We do not keep that vow that we have vowed to the Lord. Boy, it would have been so easy for Hannah to say, well, this is my only child. I mean, Paniah, she's got all kinds of children. This is the only child that I have. But no, she made a vow to God, and she honored that vow. Listen, I see in the Bible, and you could study it out. It's kind of a neat study. Every time God opened a closed womb, in other words, where something wasn't happening, God wasn't blessing, every time God opened a closed womb, just like here in 1 Samuel, you see a great character was born. Some of those individuals would be like Isaac, Joseph, Samson, Samuel here in 1 Samuel, John the Baptist, when there was a closed womb, God opened it and God does great things. Listen, you, have, you and I have no idea what could happen if God would open that door, if we get a burden for souls. I'll never get tired of reading the account of a Sunday school teacher that nobody would have ever heard about ever after his life had something not miraculously happened. His name was Edward Kimball. Edward Kimball witnessed to a 17-year-old boy in his Sunday school class by the name of D.L. Moody, Dwight L. Moody. And here he was in the Sunday school class. And listen, how in the world would Kimball have ever known that with one conversation in leading that 17-year-old boy to Christ, that that same 17-year-old boy in his life, they estimate, I looked in many accounts, they believe that almost a million people came to Christ under the ministry of Dwight L. Moody. Now, I, listen, I don't know if we'll ever see that in our day. One person, I know that uh, uh, there's been many, uh, Billy Graham just went home to be with the Lord, and there was a lot of folks under his ministry. Folks, listen, even if it's one person, a lot of times we'll do vacation Bible school. We might have something here at church. I'm going to tell you something. If one person gets saved, it's worth it all. Every last bit of it. And, and we need to be everlasting after this matter. We need to get a burden. We need to be broken for the Lord. We have no idea what God will do. And when the church gets burdened and broken before the Lord, God will open that womb. God will hear the cry for newborn babies. We need to get alone with God. Remember last week we talked about that prayer closet. Maybe we need to find that closet. Again, it might not be something at your home. It could be some your car seat on the way to work. Wherever it's at, we need to get alone. It, sometimes what we need to do is seize the opportunity uh, to pray for this burden any time we can during the day. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Sometimes, listen, when it depends on the burden, sometimes we can't share things. But if, if, if the opportunity presents itself, then what we need to do is maybe enlist others. Like tonight, we had our prayer page. And we share prayer requests. Why? Because more people can be praying for that specific prayer request. You might have a burden for someone. 
And you could share it with another Christian. Say, listen, will you pray with me about this? Will you pray with this person, uh, uh, with me about this person that God would work or that they would be saved? I like what somebody said, always let God guide you on how widely you share the burden. Be silent. Only the hand of God can remove the burdens of your heart. Only God's hand can take those burdens away. But folks, the truth is, if we're Christians, until the day we die, we should never lose a burden for souls. Never lose a burden. I've always been encouraged by those in our church that come out and go soul winning. And I've asked Brother Chris, and I'm, I'm just going to put this out here. We're going to talk about it in the days ahead. But I've asked Brother Chris to start working on, and we're going to take probably three or four Wednesday nights. And Brother Chris is going to uh, share some very biblical and practical things on how to win a person to Christ, on how to go to the door, how to talk to somebody. Uh, I know a lot of times people don't go out of fear and because they're scared to death or they've never been taught. Listen, you got to start somewhere, folks. you got to be able to, to open your mouth. And a lot of times people think, well, I just don't know all the scripture. I don't know to say this or say that. I remember those days. And by the way, God, by his Holy Spirit, will give you the words that you need. He'll lay a verse on your heart. I've had scripture that just ended up on the tip of my tongue. And I've thought to myself, where did that come from? And then I thought, that was a silly thought. I know where that came from. But listen, God can help every one of us to be a witness, to tell other people. Well, I'll tell you something. It is the greatest highlight of my life outside of seeing my own children born to see somebody come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It is such a blessing to see somebody saved. And I love this. If God can turn night into day, then he can turn your burden into a blessing. And that's what, listen, can you imagine... Hannah's life after she had that child, how things were so different, you know? And, and here's the thing is, Paniah, she had all these children. Hannah had just Samuel at that time. And what happened was, Hannah didn't keep what God gave to her. She vowed, gave it back to the Lord. You had to know that that spoke volumes to Penaniah. Listen, tonight, let's ask God, every day of our lives to give us a burden, to give us boldness and courage. And I hope that you'll be here on those Wednesday nights, probably in a couple weeks, Brother Chris will start that. And it's just going to be practical things that will help us to be able to go up to doors and talk to people or talk to somebody in the line at Walmart. But I pray that God will use all of us. To listen, that we would see so many spiritual bursts happening around here that every one of you will have to have a bottle of milk in your hand. All right? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this opportunity. I'd love to see uh, your people get involved more in the area of being a witness. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be like Hannah. Uh, Lord, it's, it's, it's hard sometimes when we don't see people saved, and we understand that it is, it is ultimately you working in hearts. But we need to make sure that we are sharing the gospel with them. And Lord, I, I pray that we would see some of our folks that have never had an opportunity that they would get involved in this matter of telling others about Jesus. And the end result, Lord, is what we're asking is that, as the Bible says, that we should have fruit in our lives, fruit that remains. Now bless our church, Lord. Help us to go after the lost while there's still time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.